Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast NFL Show. You're now listening to the Week 11 Preview, Week 10 Preview. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. I mean, we had an okay uh, week on the books. Yeah, well, yeah, as a whole, (laughs) in terms of, yeah, I guess your pod picks weren't the best in the world, but hey, that's why we got this week four. Um, My favorite bet come Sunday was the Saints. That didn't work out. Um, But, you know, we rebound this week. Get a couple of good matchups, and I think we can uh, get back to going green here. Yeah, I hope so. It's been a really rough season for me, both on the books and also on the podcast. Sometimes those two things are separate, but I've just I've literally just been missing on everything. So I don't know. Hopefully things turn around. Uh, we'll jump into the recap: Atlanta Falcons fifteen, Carolina Panthers twenty five. The Panthers now three and seven. The Falcons four and six. For the Falcons, Marcus Mariota with 186, two TDs and an interception. Rushing, nothing to talk about. Mariota was actually the lead rusher. The rest of them did nothing. Demir Bird had 58 yards. He added most of those at the end. Drake London had 38 and a TD. Kadero Hodge had 37 and a TD. Defense didn't play very well for the Falcons either. In terms of the Panthers, Phillip Walker with 108, zero TDs, zero interceptions. It was the Deontay Foreman show in this one. He had 130 yards rushing on 31 carries with a touchdown. LaVisca Chenault had two carries for 42 yards and a touchdown rushing as well. The receiving uh, didn't really get off the ground here just because of the rain. This was a pretty ugly game. Not necessarily the expected result for me. I thought the Falcons would be able to win this one, but... The uh, Panthers and the Falcons split their their season series, and the Panthers looked pretty good in this one, I thought. Foreman is is legit. Yeah, no. Um, I knew this was a game the Panthers could win. Um, does that mean they're going to win it? No, uh, that often happens. I mean, they were beating. They did have a chance to beat the Falcons, what was that, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks prior to that, um, until the whole DJ Moore helmet debacle. So I knew it was going to be close, um, and of course I got to pick the Panthers then. Uh, but yeah, I mean Foreman looks good. We, I mean, our defense is always playing amazing. Um, PJ Walker was just kind of there; uh, didn't have to do too much, which was nice. Uh, yeah, overall good win for the Panthers, and I'm still waiting on the Falcons to give Desmond Ritter a shot. Not that I think he's the best quarterback in the world, but I mean, when you have Marcus Mariota who can't get Drake London and um, Kyle Pitts the ball at all, uh, there's something that needs to change. Yeah, I think we're getting to that point now. We're we're really getting close to the uh, end of the Marcus Mariota experiment, and I am going to be curious to see how things work uh, with Ritter under center there. I think it's it's going to be quite a change for them, the way that they've been playing, but I do think it's probably what they need to do long-term. Uh, okay, Seahawks-Bucks. This was the Germany game. Tom Brady now the only player in NFL history with five wins uh, in five countries. Interesting. Geno Smith, 275, two TDs. Uh, rushing was really quiet. Geno had 22 yards rushing. Walker had 17 yards rushing on 10 carries. He could not get it going against a really superb uh, Bucks run D. DK Metcalf, 71 yards. Kenneth Walker with 55 yards receiving. Lockett had a TD on 42 yards, and Marquise Goodwin had a TD on 38 yards. Um Tom Brady did throw two interceptions in this game. So uh, Cody Barton and Tariq Woolen both got an interception on the Seahawks. Their defense actually looked pretty good. Um, the Bucks, 258, two TDs in the interception for Brady. Leonard Fournette threw a pass and got picked off, <laughs> which was funny. Rashad White, 105, no TDs. Leonard Fournette, 57 and a TD. On the rushing end, Chris Godwin had 71 yards and a TD. Mike Evans had 54. He was bottled up 
uh, pretty easily in the second half. Looked good in the first, though. Julio Jones got a TD, 53 yards, and that touchdown for him. But otherwise, I mean, I, I just don't think the Bucks played all that well. They are 5-5 five and five now. They're at the top of the division. The Seahawks are 6-4. and four. But it's just a little bit troubling to me um, how uninvolved Mike Evans is in the scoring load. I mean, he's he's my fantasy wide receiver one, unfortunately, and he's just been pretty absent, to be honest with you. It seems like he's always banged up. I know that's that's Tom Brady's main target, but when he does get him the ball, it's only a couple times a game, and the rest of the, the passes are just overthrown. Brady just does not look good. This is one of his better games this season, and I still don't think it was all that impressive. So the fact that the Bucks let the Seahawks get back in late here, that Seahawks scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, is definitely troubling. And I I mean, the point still stands. I just don't think the Buccaneers are that good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I did think the Bucs were going to win this game. Uh, I mean, just based on the fact that, you know, Tom Brady in front of a new fan base in a new country, the NFL's poster boy for the last 15 years, it felt like a game he had to win. You know what I mean? It felt like going into it like this was something that Tom had to win, and they did. But from an offensive standpoint, yeah, I mean, they didn't look great. Um, They still seem to be struggling, um, like, inside the 30, inside the red zone. They do okay in the middle of the field, which is where Mike Evans is getting a lot of his targets. He's not really getting a lot in the red zone, um, at least as much as it seems he got the last, you know, two or three years. And I don't know. I mean, this is a good breakout game for Rashad White. Uh, It seems like he might be taking the starting job there, which could be beneficial for them, could not be. I don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but from a defensive standpoint, outside of the fourth quarter, the Bucks did look really good. I mean, holding Kenneth Walker to 17 yards rushing is very good. I mean, prior to this, he was running for 120 a game, it felt yeah. like. So from a defensive standpoint, they did do well. Um, they just need, you know, Tom Brady to kind of figure out that offense that they've had the last couple of years, and they could be good. But as of now, like you said, uh, they don't look great at all. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to an actually unbelievable game. This was so entertaining to watch, funnily enough. Um Detroit 31, Chicago 30. The Lions improved to 3-6, and six, now have two wins in a row. The Bears, unfortunately, fall to 3-7 and seven, despite another unbelievable performance from Jeremy's QB1, Justin Fields. Jared Goff, 236 in a TD in this one. Jamal Williams, 59 yards rushing in a TD. DeAndre Swift had six carries for six yards in a TD as well. Amon Ross St. Brown going over 100 here. He had 119 on 10 catches. Khalif Raymond had 47 on three. Tom Kennedy had another really good game. Uh, Just one catch here, but it was for 44 yards, and it was to get all the way down uh, within scoring position at the end. A very important catch. Uh, defense didn't play great for the Lions. I just don't think they're as good as everybody thought they would be with Aiden Hutchinson. It's going to take time. They need more pieces. So I'm not that worried about it, but we'll move on to the Bears who were impressive in their own right. Justin Fields, 167, two TDs, an interception, and then rushing. He had 147 yards rushing on 13 carries with two TDs. Khalil Herbert was the RB2, funnily enough, with 57 yards on 10. David Montgomery didn't really get involved. He had just 37 on 9. Cole Komet, 74 yards on 4 catches with 2 TDs, and Darnell Mooney added another 57. Good Lord. Uh, Justin Fields, we have talked a lot of trash on Justin Fields, uh, me especially, but... 
I said last week, he's flashing high-level traits. He truly is. This is a Mike Vick game, if I have ever seen one. This was like watching prime Mike Vick. Justin Fields is so fast and so elusive. He's probably going to get hurt running like this at some point. It's something I worry about with all of these guys, but he is so electric when he escapes tackles. And if they're going to continue to run him like this with just reckless abandon, the Bears are probably going to take a couple more games from good teams because it is really tough to game plan for him when he plays like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, a lot of us owe Justin Fields an apology. Um, yeah. You and me both, for I do. sure. Yep. Um, but, I mean, yes, it has only been, you know, like four, maybe five weeks, high-level play, but it's looked completely different from, you know, his first 15, 20 starts. Um, it looks like they're finally – I don't know if they made a scheming change and they decided to open it up. But like you said, man, he looks unbelievable. That 67-yard touchdown run he had remind me, was awesome. He Once he got past the linebackers, he was gone. There was no one even thinking about tackling him. It was lights out. Um, he looked good. I mean, there's still um, a lot to be asked out of their wide receiver core, um, it feels like. I mean, when Cole Komet, um, who, don't get me wrong, is a good tight end, but he's not the most athletic out on the field, no. um, is far and away your best receiver. Uh, there's definitely something to be desired from the rest of your receiving core. I mean, Claypool, yes, he's new to the scheme, new to the offense, but he's still an NFL wide receiver, and he's been playing wide receiver for the last 20 years of his life, um, and he only got one catch for eight yards. I mean, he's still kind of a ghost there, but I mean – the Bears looked good. Yes, they lost. Um, maybe they shouldn't have got rid of their two best defensive players. That probably could have won them yeah. this game. Um, but yeah, they look good. Uh, from a Lions standpoint, DeAndre Swift um, seems to no longer be an NFL football player. <laughs> yeah. um, he doesn't really do anything. It's kind of Jamal Williams' backfield. Um, Jared Goff looked pretty good. I mean, outside of that, not a ton to say about the Lions. It's kind of, they're kind of the same team they've been all year. No defense. Um, Amon Ra, Cho. Um, Jared Goff throwing a bunch of passes. Yeah. Um, and then just back to the Bears real quick. I mean, Khalil Herbert now being sent to IR, um, just for fantasy implications. If you do have DeMont, he will have value again. Um, as someone who has him in one league, he's been pretty useless for the last couple of weeks. Um, but if you do have him, he should start getting some uh, value here down the stretch for at least the next couple of weeks with Khalil out. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to Brown 17, Dolphins 39. Tua leading the charge for his MVP title. Uh, absolutely battered Cleveland in uh, Miami here. Jacoby Brissett, 212, a TD, no interceptions, thankfully. Nick Chubb, 63 yards and a TD. Donovan Peoples-Jones, apparently the wide receiver one here now. He had 99 yards on five catches. Amari Cooper had 32 on three catches. But Harrison Bryant was the uh, tight end, filling in for David Njoku, who scored the TD in this one for them in the air. Uh, the Dolphins, Tua, 285, three TDs, no interceptions. Jeff Wilson, uh, 119 rushing with a TD. That's my boy right there. Uh, just absolutely unbelievable since he's got to the Dolphins. He's played two games. He has two rushing TDs already, and I think he's got almost 200-yard scrimmage, uh, which is really solid. So him and Raheem Mostert uh, split carries. Raheem actually had eight to Jeff Wilson's 17. So it does look like to me that Jeff Wilson's going to be the number one there, which is great news if you have him, like I do. Uh, most are 65 yards in a TD as well. 
not too much going on in terms of crazy yardage uh, for the Dolphins, but Waddle had 66, Trent Sherfield had 63 in a TD, Alec Ingold had 45 in a TD, and Tyreek also had 44 and a TD. Their defense played pretty well. I don't really think the Dolphins have a great defense, but they're just always going to be able to overpower you in an offensive sense. They're probably the most electric offense in the NFL just because of the speed they have with Waddle and Tyreek. And now adding Jeff Wilson, it's just extremely powerful. Um, But yeah, a good game. They covered the spread easily. I know a lot of people thought that the Browns were going to cover this one, but I was pretty confident with the Dolphins. So a nice win for them to send them to seven and three. Yeah, um, I'm excited for the Dolphins. Um, I know I had, at least personally, a little skepticism the first couple weeks um, just because Tua obviously hadn't been great prior to this season. Um, And then I hope people didn't forget that he basically died on the field in like week five, um, but now he's been looking good. Um, Jeff Wilson, like you said, man, he looks uh, to have found a home um, and to be good. It's funny that both the Niners running backs seem to have found their place uh, elsewhere um, when they did contribute pretty well for the Niners. But as you know, they have a revolving door of running backs there, and now they seem to have found their guy as well. Um, not not a lot to show from Waddle and Tyreek this game, but I mean, they can't do that every game, but I mean, they still got the win. And like you said, from a defensive standpoint, they're not great. I'm excited to see them uh, when they run up against, you know, a more defensively sound teams with good offenses, you know, maybe like the Niners or like I know they've already beaten the Bills and the Bills haven't looked great, but I think that'd be a good matchup. Even the Chiefs, whose defense has been pretty good um, as of late, would be a nice matchup to see. So I'm excited for them moving forward. I think obviously they have a lot of potential in the playoffs, and I mean, they should make for some fun matchups here to close out the season. Yep. Sure. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> We had Broncos-Titans. This game sucked. Broncos 10, Titans 17. Despite the Broncos getting off to an early lead, the Tennessee Titans rally in the second quarter and second half subsequently and win this one. Russ, with a little bit of a better game, 286 a TD and interception. Cortland Sutton had 66 yards. Uh, Jalen Virgil had 66 yards on one catch with the TD. Kendall Hitton, 62. Melvin Gordon, 46. Nothing going on in the rush game for Denver Broncos. Um, but Jerry Judy died as well. Uh, I don't know if there's any word on um, you know what his heartbeat looks like, but he's uh, he's in a tough spot. He got injured pretty early on there, so we'll have to see what's going on there. That's a big loss for the Broncos if he is in fact, out for an extended period of time. Ryan Tannehill, 255, two TDs. Uh, this is peak Ryan Tannehill. Eric Henry had only 53 yards on 19 carries, which is not really good enough for uh, him, but the Broncos do have a really good defense, so it's not surprising. Nick Westbrook-Akina, a guy that I have always really enjoyed. Um, well, last year, that is. 119 and two TDs for him. Hooper had 41 yards. Uh, Chigga Conquo had 41 yards as well. But other than that, you know, not all that much going on. A low-scoring affair. The under was in play. I think I had the over like an absolute moron. Uh, but a good win for the Titans. They're 6-3. and three. The Broncos are now 3-6 and six with essentially no end to the suffering in sight. Yeah. Um, Mr. Unlimited and Daniel Hackett are not getting the job done. Um, at this point, I'm not sure who's more to blame. Um, but regardless, they both shoulder some of that load as to why they can't right the ship. I mean, yes, you did lose um, 
essentially the cornerstone of your franchise and Javante Williams, but you still should be able to muster something up on offense. Uh, I mean, you have plenty of talent elsewhere. And, I mean, the Titans, another boring win. Pretty much seems to be the story of their life the last two, three years. I mean, no one ever enjoys watching the football game. Derrick Henry touches the ball 75 times, and they walk away with a win scoring 20 points. I mean, that's pretty much the story of their life. So, I mean, not a lot to say there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill got the job done, seems to always do that. Um, But I still will avoid watching their games because there's just nothing exciting about it. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next one. That one, uh, there's really not that much to talk about. Uh, Oh, Jesus. I, I honestly don't even want to talk about this game. It was so sickening. Vikings thirty three now eight and one Bills thirty now six and three. Uh, this was one of the most frustrating games to watch in recent memory. I had the Bills. I had them at two and a half. They should have covered two and a half at six or seven different points in this game, but they didn't. The Bills scored fourteen in the first quarter, or ten in the second quarter. It was twenty four to ten headed into halftime, and then the Vikings surged. They got lucky on three calls. Uh, not three calls, just three bad plays by the Bills. Allen fumbled on the one-yard line after they held them on a fourth down. Like, just just awful, awful, awful play by the Bills, by Allen. I've sworn off Josh Allen. I know that's crazy to say, but I've actually sworn him off. If he's going to play that hero ball, stupid bullshit, and cost them games like this, I cannot be a part of it until he, he wisens up, he grows up a little bit. Kirk Cousins, 357, a TD, and two interceptions. Kirk Cousins should never throw for more than 300 yards. It just shouldn't happen, and it did in this one. Uh, Bailed out by Jefferson, and we'll get to that. But Dalvin Cook, 119 on 14 carries and a TD. Turning back the clock a little bit. C.J. Ham had that TD at the end, a three-yard rush. Justin Jefferson, 193 on 10 catches with a touchdown. Unbelievable performance. Uh, Patrick Peterson had two INTs in this one. For the Bills, Allen had 330, a touchdown, two interceptions. He rushed for 84 yards on six carries. Singletary, good game for him, 13 carries, 47 yards, and two TDs. Gabe Davis had a TD with 93 yards. Stephon Diggs had 128 yards on 12 catches. And then we had uh, a Dane Jackson and Cameron or Christian Benford interception in this game as well. But the Bills lost this game by themselves. Uh, It wasn't the Vikings, to be honest with you. There was a ball that should have been picked at the end, but Jefferson made, in my opinion, the best catch I've ever seen. Um, OBJ's catch is like all the way down at three now because there was that Pickens catch earlier this year, which I think was better than OBJ's. That Jefferson catch was the best catch I've ever seen, even better than the David Tyree catch. Just like the implications of it were so incredible. It should have been picked. The Bills defensive back had two hands on the ball high pointed it caught it you thought he intercepted it and Jefferson somehow came down with it with one hand flicked behind his back pulled it around and got it before he was down just like incredible stuff I don't think any other receiver in the league can do that right now um and yeah the the Vikings win the game by three points they cover Vegas got absolutely washed on this game did you watch the whole thing? Because it was it was madness. The second half was madness. Yeah, um, I got to watch the second half uh, while I was out getting dinner, and that was unbelievable performance. Um, I mean, like you said, the Bills handed it away, essentially, um, especially with that fumble on the one-yard line. Yep. Um, I mean, but what Justin Jefferson did, that catch, it has got to be play of the year. Yeah, um, easily. One of the best. One of the best catches I've seen ever. 
um, rivals that OBJ catch. Um, it was it was cool to watch. Um, definitely a game the Bills should have won, um, but just from a pure entertainment standpoint, yeah, that was that was a great game. Yeah, it's just sickening. It's sickening that the Bills lose that game. They should not be six and three, and they are. And it's gonna hurt them. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna come back to bite them in the ass because the Jets are gonna streak now. They know that they can they can possibly win the division, which is insane. I think the Jets are also six and three, right? I believe six and three. Yeah, I want to say yeah, they're yeah. above the they're above the Bills because they're they're um, what's it called? Beat them head to head. Yeah, because beat, they beat them head to head. It's just, it's insane. It's so crazy. That that division is so stacked. Every single team has a positive record. When you look at the AFC West, West, which was supposed to be the best division in football, you have the Broncos who were three and six, and the Raiders who were two and seven, and then you have teams like the Pats who are five and four that are above them. Like it's just crazy. The Raiders have a worse record than every single team in the NFL besides the Texans. So that's disgusting. Uh, let's move on. <clears throat> that one's going to make me sick if I talk about it anymore. Texans 16, Giants 24. Giants cover the spread in this one. Davis Mills with a pretty impressive game here. 319, a TD, and an interception. Damian Pierce had 94, excuse me, 94 yards on 17 carries. Jordan Aikens, 72 yards. Chris Moore, 70. Nico Collins, 49, and a TD. Um, the Giants, Daniel Jones, 197, two TDs. Uh, Saquon, 152 on 35 with a touchdown. Unbelievable from him. Darius Slayton had 95 yards on the TD. Lawrence Cager had a TD. Um, but other than that, not much else to talk about. This is the Saquon Barkley show every single week. The Giants are 7-2. and two. I think they'd probably have three wins if it wasn't for Saquon. He's so good, and he's such a bailout for them. This is like... It's just such a throwback to old school football because they're bringing back the run. Like the Giants are just running because they don't have essentially anybody on the offensive uh, wide receiver front. They just don't have anybody. So they have no choice. And Saquon is really so good. They they better hope he doesn't get injured because if he does, they're absolutely done for. I, I can't believe they're 7-2, and two, but that's what a guy like Saquon does. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's fun to watch. Um, it's good to see the Giants uh, be good. Um, I have a couple, couple friends that are Giants fans. There's a lot of central PA split on who to support. Um, and there's been a lot of downturns since the Eli Manning uh, era. And to see Saquon be healthy and to them be good, I mean, it's exciting. Uh, they don't have the most talent on their team, like you said, but they have a good coach. Danny Dimes isn't giving games away. And Saquon is doing his job. So, I mean... They're going to beat some teams here down the stretch. Uh, they're going to make it interesting around playoff time. They they definitely uh, have a shot at sneaking in there and being a being a playoff team. And I don't know if I'd want to play them in the playoffs. Do I think that there's a lot more talented teams in the playoffs? Yes. But, I mean, they're a well-coached football team, and that's never what you want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the next. We had, uh, yes, Jaguars-Chiefs. An interesting game here. Jag 17, Chiefs 27. Trevor Lawrence with 259, two TDs. Travis Etienne, 45 yards on 11 carries. Christian Kirk, 105 on nine catches with two TDs. Uh, defense played pretty decently considering they played against the Chiefs. Cisco had an interception in this one. Uh, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 331, four TDs, an interception. Isaiah Pacheco is the lead back again. He had 82 yards on 16 carries uh Clyde actually didn't have any yardage in this game whatsoever it 
is a bit strange to see him uh, just kind of out there not doing anything, but that's going to, I guess, be how it is. And um, Patrick Mahomes also had 39 uh, yards rushing on seven carries. Kelsey, 81 in a TD. MVS, 60 in a TD. Kadarius Toney, 57 in a TD. And then Noah Gray had 20 in a TD as well. Jarek McKinnon uh, caught for 56 yards as well, but not really, you know, that impressive. Juju died here, so he's going to be out again, I guess, next week. He's in concussion protocol, so they'll get Hardman back, and that should be good. But the Chiefs are now 7-2. and two, The Jags are 3-7. and seven. I think... I think Trevor Lawrence actually looked okay in this game. And the Jags, although they're 3-7, and seven, I still don't think they're a bad team. Yeah, no, I don't think they're uh, the worst three-win team in football. No. Um, when you look at some of the other teams, you know, like the Panthers, we got the Steelers. Uh, there's a couple more down there. I think the Texans only have one or two wins. But still, even like they're in that bottom tier. And they still have probably easily the most talent out of those that group. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were never going to beat the Chiefs. Um, I think anyone could have told you that. Um, and this was just kind of a take care of business game for the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did his thing, four touchdowns. Um, the big news out of this whole thing is that it seems like Clyde um, has fallen out of favor there. Uh, it's you know, Pacheco's the number one rushing back. Uh, McKinnon's getting all the receptions, so. It'll be interesting to see moving forward, although uh, there was a report today that they want to get Clyde more touches, but I have a tough time actually believing that when he started the season as their number one back and now he's been phased out. Yeah, I saw that too. I just, I don't believe it. You got to show me something (laughs) before I start to believe in that. Uh, Okay, let's jump into what was, we thought your game of the week wasn't, unfortunately. Saints, 10. Steelers, 20. Andy Dalton, 174. A touchdown, two interceptions. Kamara couldn't get it going. He had 26 yards. Dewan Johnson had 45 in a TD. Chris Olave had 40. Uh, but overall, a really stale performance from the Saints offense. Kenny Pickett, 199. Zero TD, zero interceptions. Najee Harris had his first game that got over like 80 yards rushing in what feels like a year and a half. Uh, he had 99 yards on 20 carries. Pickett had 51 in a TD. On eight carries, then Pickens had 23 and a TD. Two carries. Deontay Johnson was your lead receiver here. He had 63 yards. Uh, Warren and Frymouth both had about 40, but it was pretty quiet uh, in terms of throwing the ball. I do think this is a good sign for Najee. Uh, It's good to get him more involved. I just think he lacks so much vision and explosive uh, sort of running as a first you know, first round draft pick, it's it's tough, but you know, it is what it is. They're gonna continue to deal with him and he might evolve, but I just don't see it happening. Uh still a good win for the Steelers. They're three and six now. Saints now three and seven. Yeah, I mean, like you said, thought this was gonna be my game of the week. Thought this was gonna be a uh, pretty straightforward win for the Saints. Um, I mean, on paper, with the way the Steelers have been playing and the way that the Saints have played some pretty good games, although Andy Dalton has been struggling, you'd think it'd be a game they win. Um, But, you know, good for the Steelers. They got a win. Uh, Kenny Pickett didn't turn the ball over, so that's good. Uh, Najee finally came to play, like you said. Um, But if you are a Alvin Kamara owner um, in fantasy football, um, I am. Um, But things are only going to get worse from here, it feels like. Uh, there's, they think Jameis is coming back this week. 
Um, and Jameis, as we've all known for his entirety of his career, is not a check down quarterback. Um, so he's going to lose some touches, definitely receiving. Um, but maybe it opens up the offense and he does better running. But I have a tough time seeing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move on to another terrible game. Colts 25, Raiders 20. I thought I was sharp here, dude. I had the Raiders. I thought that they were actually going to come back and win this game, but they couldn't do it. A uh, really slow start for them. Derek Carr, 248, two TDs, no interceptions. Josh Jacobs had 78 in a TD. It's good to see him get back into the end zone. Adams tried to will it into existence, get this win for them. He had 126 on nine catches in a TD. Moreau had 43 in a TD. Um, Devontae Adams had a long rush that they called back as well, but because of offensive holding, he was he was really just trying so hard to win this game for them, but you just can't do it when Derek Carr is your quarterback. Ryan, 222 in a TD. Taylor, 147 in a TD for the Colts. He looked awesome in this game. It seems like he's back. Um, Matt Ryan had a rushing TD as well as a 38-yard rush, which was fucking crazy. That was a that was a great run from Matt Ryan, and I think that's the longest in his career. And you don't really see, you, you never saw him do that when he was with the Falcons, and you definitely didn't see it when he's with the Colts. So uh, that was cool to watch him turn back the clock a bit. Paris Campbell, lead receiver, seventy six yards in a TD. He hit a drop early in the game, but made up for it with a nice TD at the end. And the Colts win this game twenty five to twenty. I can't believe it, but they're four and five. Jeff Saturday gets a win in his first NFL coaching game. And the Raiders with McDaniels are now two and seven, so it's looking like he's gonna be fired soon. But I saw a report today that they actually can't afford to fire him, which is strange. But when you think about it, they'd have to bump somebody else up to the head coaching position, pay them at a head coaching rate, and then also pay all of McDaniels' contract out. And they're too cash poor to do that. So I don't think he's going to get fired, to be honest with you. And that's definitely what they need because the Raiders are definitely better on paper than a 2-7 and seven team. Hello? Jeremy, I've lost you, brother. Oh, you're muted. Oh, I was muted. My oh, fault. That's all right. Um, but yeah, no, this is a team that I definitely had high hopes for. I'm um, a lot higher than what they've performed at. I mean, they have a lot of talent. Uh, Josh Jacobs, good football player. Devontae Adams, hell of a football player. We all know that. Yep. Um, Darren Waller hasn't played, which definitely doesn't help. Um, but Derek Carr uh, has definitely seemed to regress in this offense. Um, they're not doing a lot of scoring. Um, and when they do get scoring, it seems like then they go dry. Like, uh, they started out the game hot. Um, uh, Devontae was cooking and fell on their face. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it's been the story of their season, it feels like. They do enough to make you think that they're going to be good or that they won't disappoint you, and then they do. So I need to stop picking them. Um, I need to stop betting on them. Yeah. Is that can. going to stop me? Probably not. But I'm going to sit here and continue to say that they suck and I need to stop betting on them. Yeah, me too. That's how it's just going to go for all of us, to be honest. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, okay, Cardinals 27, Rams 17. Cooper Cup died in this one. John Wolford was the QB. He had 212, a TD and interception. Akers had 22 yards rushing. Henderson had 21 yards rushing. Henderson did manage to get into the end zone, but just bad all around for the Rams. Their rushing game is so bad. Uh, Tyler Higby, 73 yards. He had like 
15 targets, 8 catches. Uh, Robinson, 44 yards. Kyron Williams had 30. Van Jefferson had 27 in a TD. But the Rams were just offensively really constipated here. Um, Colt McCoy, 238 in a TD. No interceptions. James Conner, 69, two TDs. A.J. Green had a touchdown. Great catch by him. Hopkins had a lot of targets, a lot of catches. He had 98 yards, and Rondell Moore had 94 yards. So, I don't know. The Cardinals are not a good team, I don't think, but they're definitely not the worst team in that division. I think the Rams are are for sure done for at this point. Losing Cup is terrible. I know the Cardinals lost Ertz here, but I don't think it's that much of a loss. I do think when they get Kyler back, they're going to start to make a run towards the top of the the, the, the division. And I just can't see the Rams doing it because without Cup and I don't know about Stafford, what his injury situation is like, um, they, they're not going to do anything with John Wolford under center. He is, he is terrible. He, he, should be, uh, he should be taken out back, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, their season seems to be coming to a close. Um, yeah. Which is quite the uh, fall from grace, for sure, um, from world champs, as they like to call it, um, to now being a bottom 10 team um, performance-wise in the NFL. Um, Cup, I think, will most likely be done for the season um, just due to the fact that it makes no sense for him to return um, if not fully healthy. I mean, any chance of re-injury is not worth it unless all of a sudden they start making a run and you know knock off three, four wins in a row when he's not playing, but we all know that won't happen. So, yeah, they're kind of shot. Um, and then for the Cardinals, I mean, this is a good win for them, uh, especially with Colt McCoy out there. Like you said, Kyler Murray taking the week off, probably taking this weekend off too to play Warzone. Yeah, Who knows? God. Um, yeah. But yeah, when he comes back, uh, he should be good. I mean, D Hops look good. They've had a decent connection outside of that whole debacle where they're yelling at each other and everyone saw it all over Twitter. But yeah, I mean, they seem to be doing pretty well. Um, RIP Eno. Yeah. Um, that's our Hate to see that, but he found a new home, so we'll see how he does. But yeah, I mean, this game kind of went as expected in terms of who had more talent, especially once Cooper Cup got hurt, in my opinion. Yeah, I Eno is now a Houston Texan, which is not ideal for those that have Eno Benjamin rostered, like myself. Cowboys 28, Packers 31 in a classic Green Bay Packers OT victory. Aaron Rodgers throwing it back to the old days here. 224, three TDs for him. Aaron Jones had 138 on 24 uh, rushes with a touchdown. He also added 18 through the air. Christian Watson, four catches, three TDs, 107 yards. Sammy Watkin had 47 yards. Alan Lazard had 45 what a performance from the Packers here. Despite Dak playing relatively well, uh, the the Packers were able to win this one. Packers went ahead early. Cowboys rallied hard, and then the Packers rallied again in the fourth and, and were the team to, to pull it out. On the Cowboys side, Dak, four, 265, three TDs, two interceptions. Pollard, 115 in a TD. C.D. Lamb had a fantastic game here. He had 115 or 150 on 11 catches with the TD, two TDs, and Dalton Schultz had 54 in a TD. I think the Packers' defense was really sharp here. I know that they still allowed 28 points, but um, some really good interceptions here. Just great scheming, I think. They were able to stop Dak at points that mattered. And this is a huge win for them. They're four and six now. The Cowboys are six and three. I don't know if the Packers are going to be able to turn it around, but it is good to see Rodgers and Watson linking up. 
this is uh, this is kind of what they need if they're going to get things going because Rodgers is going to feel more confident throwing the ball, and we know that's how the Packers win. When Rodgers throws the ball, Jones gets it going. That's how they win games. So I will be curious to see if that continues into next week. Um, I don't know if it will, but if it does, then the Packers are definitely going to be on their way up. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, this kind of seemed like Watson's coming out game. Uh, you know, his welcome to the NFL finally got something together. They're really high on him. Um, they were higher on him than Romeo coming into the season, but obviously the whole injury setback for Watson, you know, put him behind schedule a little bit. Uh, he still did drop some passes, um, which has been a frequent issue so far this season for him. But, I mean, he showed that big playability. I mean, three touchdowns, um, broke off two long ones. He just, all around, you know, this was a really good game for him. Um, and it always felt like this was a game that the Packers could win. It felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to beat McCarthy. Um, I believe someone in our group chat was saying it all week. Maybe it might've been cook. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see Aaron Rodgers not look miserable, um, which has something that he's been doing all season. So I'm excited to see them moving forward here. Obviously, uh, they're kind of out of contention for the division at this point, but they could, you know, make a sneaky playoff run. You never know with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, all right, two more games before we get into predictions. Chargers 16, Niners 22. Despite the Chargers scoring an opening drive, touchdown, the Niners rally in the second half and defeat them uh, at home at Levi Stadium. Justin Herbert, 196, a TD and an interception. Eckler, 24 rushes, which is terrible. Uh, DeAndre Carter was your lead receiver here. He had 64 in a TD. Josh Palmer also added 44, and Eckler had 39 through the air. Uh, but a really pretty stagnant performance for the Chargers offense, who are missing so many key pieces, and the defense, and the offensive line, and everything else. The Chargers are just mangled by injuries right now. Uh, Garoppolo, 240, no TDs, no interceptions. Eli Mitchell's back. He had 89 yards on 18 carries. Uh, McCaffrey had 38 on 14 with a TD. Jimmy Grappolo also rushed one in. The receiving game, pretty stale. Ayuk looks good. He had 84 on six. He's sort of out of the doghouse. He was definitely in the doghouse for a majority of the last season, so it's good to see him sort of be unleashed. Debo's still been really quiet. Kittle, same thing. Not a lot of great games for either of those guys this year. But the Niners still improved to five and four. The Chargers are also five and four. This is a good game, but uh, I did think the Chargers would be able to stay in it. I'm glad they covered, but Eckler was just not good enough here. Yeah, um, this. I mean, I was. It felt like this is a game the Niners should win. Um, just looking at you know the talent on both sides, especially with all the injuries, like you said. I mean, the Chargers have just been constantly beat up all season from all aspects of their team offense defense line like you said they're kind of falling apart a little bit um health wise but yeah i mean niners took care of business um jimmy didn't have to do too much kind of story of his life and they won uh the big big development here was the fact that eli mitchell um, came back and took half of the carries from CMC, which was not something I expected personally. Um, but, I mean, they like to use 15 different running backs, so I shouldn't have been too surprised. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move into the last game. We had Commanders-Eagles. The Commanders took down the, well, priorly undefeated Eagles. Commanders now 5-5, five and five, the Eagles 8-1. and one. 
32 to 21 final score. Heineke 211 and an interception. Brian Robinson 86 yards on the ground on a TD. Gibson 44 on a TD. Terry McLaurin with a master class 128 on eight catches. No TDs for him, but two, three unbelievable catches. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 175, two TDs in the interception. Sanders, 54 yards. Hurts had 28 rushing in a TD. Quez Watkins was the lead receiver with 80 yards. Devontae Smith had 39 in a TD. Goddard had 23 in a TD. A.J. Brown was absolutely invisible in this one. Eagles defense, not as good as everybody says it is. Didn't play that well here. Um, I do think that the Eagles were fine in the first half, but again, just really stale in the second half. Only seven points to the Commanders' 12. You got to be better than this. This Commanders team is totally beatable, and the Eagles just, their game plan just wasn't there. So they lost Goddard here. He's going to get surgery, and this was this was a really ugly loss for them. I know they're 8-1, and one and it's totally fine, but they should win this game every single time. Yeah, no, I agree with your sentiment all around there. Uh, this is definitely a game they could have and should have won um, basically every time. I mean, if you look at the rosters, it seems like a pretty straightforward win for them. But obviously, they did not get the job done, um, which was bound to happen eventually. I mean, you can't win them all um, unless you're the Dolphins in 1976. Is that what it was? 72, 76? I don't know. But regardless... Um, I mean, this needed to happen. They needed to get humbled. They needed to, you know, maybe reset a little bit. Maybe maybe they were getting a little too high on their horse. Who knows? Um, personally, I know there's a lot of Eagles fans. I know you're an Eagles fan. I know a lot of my friends are. Um, I was happy to see them lose. Um, I was tired of the uh, whole best team in the NFL talk. Um, I know you're a little more uh, humble than a lot of the Eagles fans and can see when there are flaws. But, I mean, a lot of just the delusion was occurring, and I'm hoping this – tempers expectations a little bit and they do realize that yes they're still a top three team in the nfl probably top five um but they do have some major flaws um especially it seems like in the run defense now that uh, jordan davis isn't playing yeah it's just i don't know things are things are not going to be as simple as everybody thinks they are and i just think we could be headed towards a, a different sort of second half for the eagles that's all that's all i want people to uh Take into consideration, but let's uh, let's jump into Week 11's games. Let me pull up the lines, and we'll uh, we'll get into those. All right, hmm. Here we go. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Green Bay Packers Thursday night. Packers currently three point favorites. Money's on Green Bay. Um. Our money's actually on Tennessee. It's pretty much split down the middle, but it's it's headed a little bit into that uh, Tennessee spread. What do you think? What do you think here? I'm not. I'm really not sure how I feel about this. I've thought about it a lot, and I still can't come up with a, an answer. Um. Yeah. This is a. This is a tough one. Um. I do like the Packers after seeing them last week, but as we know, I mean, majority of the season they haven't been great. Um, and this does feel like a 24-17 game on either yep. side, so I do think they have that total perfect, um, which is tough. I'm going to I'm going to ride with the Packers here. Um, money line, not the best value, not my favorite pick of the week, but you know we make a pick for every game, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm going to go with Titans plus three. 
I actually think that they can cover. I think it probably is a field goal game, to be honest. Neither of these teams are uh, offensive powerhouses so far this season. We saw the, you know, the, the push last week if you took plus three for the Cowboys or minus three for the Packers. So I'm going to stick with it again. I think this line's perfect, and I'm just going to stick with Titans plus three. There's some value there. Uh, okay. Panthers, 12.5-point dogs to Baltimore at home. Over-under set at 41.5. I guess the Ravens are going to have Andrews back. They're going to be you know in better shape than they have been in weeks past, but what I think I'm going to do is stick with a Kenyon Drake touchdown. I think they're going to have to get the run game going against this Panthers team. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake, although I think four minutes is another good pick. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways you could look at this game um, from a betting perspective. Personally, I do think the Ravens need to come out hot here. They were kind of stagnant there for a while. Um, and this is a game, a perfect get-right game for them. Um, and maybe Lamar's feeling a little pressure. He sees uh, Justin Fields doing what Lamar's been doing for years. Um, and he's kind of taking, taking the shine here. He looks like uh, arguably the best dual threat in the league at the moment. Uh, and I think Lamar comes out hot. So I'm going to go with the Ravens minus 12 and a half. Um, I think they get the job done, and I think Mark Andrews might finally be healthy. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I I think he'll be all right in this game. He's probably going to score a touchdown, too, if they cover. So something to consider. Um, Bills, Browns. Browns currently 7.5-point favorites against the Bills. This game's in Buffalo, over-under set at 41.5. There's supposed to be 31 inches of snow. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm just going to take the under. I'll take under 41.5. Yep. No, I agree. Um, so there has been some people saying that the uh, snow forecast isn't necessarily for where the field is, but still, any snow is snow, and the Browns love running the football, so now they're going to run it even more. Um, and the Bills might be hesitant, put a lot of stress on Josh Allen's arm with the elbow injury in the cold, uh, specifically with all this snow. They might want to, you know, kind of keep him healthy, and they know they can beat the Browns without throwing the ball seventy-five times. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with the under here. Um, Bills have a good defense. Browns are going to run the ball. I think, I think we're going under. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Colts in India at Lucas Oil. Eagles currently six and a half point favorites, minus two ninety five on the money line. The over under is set at forty three and a half. I'm going to take Eagles six and a half. Uh, they haven't burned me that many times this season, so I'm going to stick with it. This line has probably moved since they lost to the Commanders. And I think you're actually getting a little bit more value here. And the money's not as lopsided as you would think. So I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I think that they can win by a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I do think the Eagles can win this game. Um, But like I said, my big complaint with the Eagles um, has been their run defense. Um, And I think JT is 100% fine in the crib here. Obviously, the odds, I feel like, aren't going to be phenomenal. Um. But that's still going to be my play. I'm taking JT touchdown, and come Sunday, I'll probably sprinkle two plus as well. But uh, mark me in for a JT touchdown. You got it. Okay. <clears throat> Up next, this might be the game of the week. New York Jets taking on the New England Patriots uh, in New England. The Jets are currently plus three and a half, minus 120 are the odds for that. They're plus 138 on the money line. Pats minus 164. Over-under set at 38.5. The money's all over the Jets, though. And as much as I do think the Jets are going to win this game, I think I'm going to go with the Pats. I think uh, I think the Pats stay in this one. I think 
You know what? Never mind. I think the Pats win this game, but I think the Jets keep it close. I'm going to take Jets three and a half. Um, this game has trap written all over it, and I've gotten swayed by the money too much the past couple of weeks, so I'm going to go with my heart and say the Jets at least keep it close. They might win, but I'm going to take them plus three and a half. Okay. This game screams low scoring. Yeah, it does. Two, two well-coached teams, two well-coached defenses, two great playing defenses. 38.5 is awfully low, but I do like the under here. This is a game I might get re- heavily involved with on Sunday. I like it. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on it. Because, um, I like like I said, I like the under. I do like the Pats. I do like Ramondre. Um, he's been killing it lately, but the Jets' defense is is very solid on the ground. Um, but I do think the Pats are going to run the ball. I don't think they're going to try and throw the ball um, just due to weapons' sake. What I'm going to do, I am going to go with the under. Zach Wilson's been playing game manager. I think they might kind of do the same thing with Mac Jones here. Uh, two teams that might just run the ball a ton. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the under 38.5. Yes, it is low, um, but that's because, you know, that's where Vegas tries to get you to bet the over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I got caught by that last week, so I definitely won't be touching the over. Um, we'll move on. Washington Commanders taking on the Houston Texans. This game's in Houston. The Commanders are currently three-and-a-half-point favorites. So if it was home, they'd probably be six-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that's fair. The money's all over the Commanders, but again, I don't really think it matters. The Commanders have shown me a lot more in the past couple weeks than the Texans have. So I'm going to go with Commanders' money line at minus 164. Over-under set at 40-and-a-half. I don't think that's terrible value either uh the texans could definitely score two two tds in this game and i think uh the commanders are going to score probably at least 30 so there's definitely some value there i think but i'm going to stick with commander's money line i think they can win this game they're just a better team than the texans are yeah no i do agree with you i do think there is value in that overline um and definitely something i will be considering come sunday um but similar to you i feel like the uh the best bet is the commanders here. Um, I'm going to go commanders minus two and a half. Probably going to be like minus 130, to be honest, uh, which isn't much more value than the money line, but it is something I'm willing to take to get that extra bit. So I'm going to go with commanders minus two and a half. Okay, fair enough. Uh, up next, Rams Saints. This game is so bad. Um, the Rams are currently four and a half point dogs in New Orleans. Saints are minus 205 on the money line, over-under set at 38.5. These are two terrible teams. Um, I don't know if Stafford's going to be back. I worry about them without Cup. I think I'm going to take the Saints. I know that that's like kind of gross, especially because their value there is terrible. I'm going to take Saints two and a half. I don't, the spread's not out yet, or like the, the value for that spread. I think they win by a field goal. I'll just take Saints minus two and a half. It's probably going to be like minus 140 or something like that. I, I guess I'll just stick with that. This game sucks. Yeah, no, this is going to be a game I most likely avoid. Yes. Um, yes. Unless, you know, like we're watching it and it looks like there's a great live spot somewhere or something. But this might be a game I avoid. I think what I'm going to do, um, I don't know if they actually let you parlay this. Um, but I'm gonna take both quarterbacks to throw an interception. Um, Jameis is gonna play, and you know he's gonna try and be hero Jameis. Um, and Ramsey's gonna come down with one. And then Wolford's hundred percent throwing an interception. He has absolutely zero targets to throw yeah. to. Um, and then a more reasonable bet, if anyone's looking for a more reasonable bet, 
Tyler Higby's over in receptions, that's actually probably my favorite bet for the game. I'm switching it. That is my favorite bet for the game. I don't care what his line's at. Um, he was getting 10 receptions or 10 targets a game to start the season, um, and then they went into full Cooper Cup mode, and now that he's gone, he's easily their best weapon. So he's going to have – he finished last week with eight catches on eight recept- or eight catches on eight targets. So I'm taking his over. It's probably going to be five and a half, four and a half, but I'm taking the over. Yeah, it'll be four and a half. I bet that a lot last year. It was okay some weeks, and it was really not okay other weeks, but I think I probably came out on top. Um, I like that. I think that's a, I think that's a really heady play. Uh, okay, let's move on to Lions Giants. Giants currently three point favorites. The Meadowlands minus one fifty six on the money line. Over under set at forty four and a half. This is another one that I would like. I'm definitely staying away from. Uh, I do think that the Giants win, but there's fingers all over the Giants, and I don't need to be a part of this. I am going to take a Saquon TD because if he doesn't get going, then they're not going to win anyway. And it seems like he's finding the end zone once a week. So I'm going to go with Saquon here. There there might be value in Saquon 2-plus because that Lions line, defensive line, is just not good. And I think Saquon's going to find plenty of holes. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Saquon is 100% scoring in this game. What I am going to do, I know we're taking a lot of favorites this week. Yeah. Um, and so we are going to get bit somewhere. Um, I am going to take the Giants. Um, do I want to go more? I'm just gonna go money line minus 156 isn't bad value. No, um, bad. I, will probably, I will probably come Sunday parlay with that Saquon touchdown, but they have a good defense. Um, they've been playing pretty sound football. The Lions are the opposite of a sound football team, they're just out there looking like a bunch of maniacs trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and this feels like a game that the Giants should win and keep their train rolling. Yep. Okay, let's jump into another uh, another one. This is lopsided again, dude. Uh, Chicago versus Atlanta. The Bears are currently three-point dogs in Atlanta, so it's a pick em for the most part if you take away home field advantage. They're plus 140 on the money line. Over-under set at 49.5, which seems way too high in my opinion. Um, 82 84% of the money is on Chicago. I don't know, dude. This game stinks. I know Fields has been really good the past couple weeks, but they just lost to the Lions. I think the Falcons are a better team than that. I don't have a lot of faith in the Falcons in terms of like game management, but this game stinks. I'm going to take the Falcons minus three. I just Something is going on here. Something's not right. This feels like a... Uh... Like a touchdown scorer game, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's gonna be. I think there's gonna be a couple guys that get in. Yeah, I definitely could see you know one or two of the running backs for the yeah. Falcons getting in. Um, I could see Jay Fields getting in for sure. Maybe make it five games in a row. I believe that would be. Yeah. Um, I lo- I really do love the Bears money line, which I don't think I. I do US- too, but I, it's it's trouble, dude. I'm looking at it. That's got to be trouble. If you ask me in week one if I thought those words would ever come out of my mouth, <laughs> no. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to avoid it. Although Sunday I will be betting it. Just yes, yes, have to for five bucks or something. Yeah, I will be betting it. But give me a Demont touchdown. No Khalil Herbert. Demont's got a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of been phased out of the offense. I think he gets one. Okay, fair enough. Um. Okay, the Raiders versus the Broncos. 
Raiders, two and a half point dogs against the Broncos in Denver. They're plus 126 on the money line. The over under set at 41 and a half. I guess I'm just going to keep betting the Raiders until they win. Uh, give me. <sighs> I hate this so much. I hate doing this. I guess give me Raiders money line. I know this is going to bite me, but the Broncos are without Judy. Their run game looks terrible. Russ still doesn't look that good. I think the Raiders still have a better team on paper, so I'm going to take them. I don't I don't really care how good the Broncos' D is. Yeah, no, uh, this might be a battle of who can try harder to lose. I know. Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders' money line like you. We need. I said we need to stop betting them, but I'm going to do it. And honestly, this might be a game where you look at the second half under. Like we said, both teams try to blow the game yep. um, from both an offense and defensive standpoint. The Raiders, um, I think the stat was they haven't scored more than like three or six points in the second half in like six weeks. Um, so, And we know the Broncos can't score for this elect dependent on it. So the second half under is definitely something I would keep in mind and definitely a play that I might get um, a little involved with on Sunday. Definitely something to consider. But yeah, give me the Raiders money line. This is a game they should win, just yeah. like the last five. <laughs> no, doubt. no doubt. Okay, let's jump into my mega lock, Max Whale nuke play of the week. Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Dallas Cowboys head to Minnesota, where they are one and a half point dogs. Dallas is minus 124 on the money line. Over-unders at 47.5. All the money is on Minnesota. Give me Cowboys minus 1.5. This game is at 4.26 p.m. The easy cakewalk, 1 p.m. nightmare, midnight, just banger games for Kirk are done. We're not dealing with that this week. That's the only time he wins. There is no way they are able to replicate what they did last week against the Bills. It cannot happen again. I am taking the Cowboys minus one and a half. There is not a doubt in my mind that the Cowboys win this game. I love the confidence because I don't know what I want to pick in this game. I just I just cannot see the Vikings being nine and one. No, I agree. Uh, they don't feel like a nine and one team, but you never know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It feels like Jay Jeff could cook digs, um, but it also feels like Kirk Cousins could get sacked 72 times. Yep. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna go with Cowboys money line, ride with your mega lock whale play of the week, mainly because I don't have there's I don't have a strong opinion. Um I haven't been able to, you know, find something that thrills me um from this game. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys money line. I do think that uh the Vikings are due for a little reset here. Okay, cool. Um, up next, we have Bengals-Steelers. If you remember, the Steelers defeated the Bengals in Week 1. On the contrary, the Bengals are currently 4.5-point favorites, minus 196 on the money line, over-under set at 40.5. This is another one. I could not be more confident in the Bengals here. I'm taking them 4.5. I think if you want, you can probably get them at 6.5, which will be plus money. I really like that. The, the Steelers are not a good team. The Bengals, I don't think, are that good, but they're definitely better than the Steelers. So I'll take Bengals four and a half here. The money doesn't scare me at all. It's in a pretty good spot right now. And I would recommend you get on this line now because I know for a fact it's going to move towards the end of the week. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, The Bengals should not lose to the Steelers. Um, The Steelers just won, um, so that might lead people to believe that maybe they can win. But they're not winning uh, against the Bengals this week. 
Um, like you said, I do like six and a half uh, play up the points. What I am going to do, because four and a half feels like a kind of useless number. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I am going to do three and a half. Um, but then I also, I'm letting everyone know, I will also be betting six and a half, um, sprinkling six and a half with less than I do the three and a half. That way, if they cover both, I win. But even if they just cover three and a half, I win money. Yeah. Um, obviously, if they don't cover three and a half, I lose them both. But that's okay, because I have a lot of confidence in the Bengals here. I mean, Joe Mixon just went for 700 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this should be another good spot for the Bengals. Uh, KC versus the Chargers up next. This is your Sunday night football game. Um, boy, the Chiefs are currently six and a half point favorites headed to SoFi. They're minus 295 on the money line, over under set at 50. They think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, the money's 50 50 right now. I really like the Chiefs at six and a half. I think they win this game by touchdown. The Chargers are just so depleted. I know they have their safeties and everything like that. I already had a conversation with Zach about it. I don't care. Um, the Chargers just lost by well, they lose by six or five to the Niners. Six to the Niners. Yeah, so they lost by six to the Niners. I think uh, the Chiefs are a much better team than the Niners. So I'm going to take Chiefs minus six and a half. I really don't have any questions about this game. I think this one's easy. Um, I I really like the late slate here. I'm going to parlay all these. I think. Yeah, um, this is another game like you. I feel confident. Obviously, one of these favorites um, might come lose. Out. Yeah. Hopefully, it's the underdogs in the one o'clock slate. They could take the one o'clock slate. That's fine. Um, but the yeah, the Chiefs minus six and a half here. Um, don't talk to Zach White about this game. He'll tell you to take the Chargers money line minus <laughs> six and a half. Whatever. Um, he'll tell you everything about the Chargers. But the Chiefs have a more talented football team. They have a healthier, fo- healthier football team, and this is a game that they should win by a touchdown or more. Uh, Jeremy, I just saw a tweet from the Los Angeles Chargers Twitter account. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both back at practice today. Does this change your mind? No, it does not because Keenan Allen, it feels like, has practiced every day since beginning of the season, and he has done nothing. Um, and Mike Williams... I feel like he wants to play against the Chiefs just because um, he knows this is a big game for them. I have concerns that he might not be 100%, but I'm not even worried about Keenan Allen because he hasn't played in eight weeks. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. You're going to take six and a half as well? Yep. Does that change your opinion? No, not at all. Zero percent. Zero percent, but I wanted to make sure. Um, okay. San Francisco heading to Carol, or to Arizona to take on the Cardinals Monday Night Football Niners are currently eight and a half point favorites. I don't know what I'm missing here. The Cardinals are plus 290 on the money line. I have been known to pick some Cardinals money line winners throughout the years. I'm going to sprinkle it, but you're getting so many points here. Cardinals eight and a half. If they lose by a touchdown, they cover. I'm taking cards eight and a half. I, I really just, I don't know. I'm seeing the board very clearly this week, and I, I really like the cards. Are you confident in Kyler playing? Or no, no, I don't care. That's the thing. I think, I think the Cardinals are, strangely enough, just as good with Colt McCoy. I think Colt actually reads defenses better. The Niners have a decent defense. I think Colt McCoy is obviously a much more experienced quarterback. He's got a better brain up there in his head. He's not worried about Call of Duty. And I know that you're losing a little bit of that dynamic play that Kyler, you know, brings forward. But I think the cards looked more like a seasoned, regularly run football team last week with McCoy under center. And I, I think he's kind of just like old Jimmy Garoppolo. So 
this game's going to be pretty tight, I think. And I think eight and a half points, like you're getting so much of a buffer there. So I'm going to take them. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, I do think this is a game the Niners win. I know you don't want to hear that. Um, That's all but right. They can win. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to take Niners money line with a CMC touchdown. Uh, yes, Eli got a lot of the carries, but CMC was still the goal line guy. He got five out of the seven touches uh, within like the five or ten, I believe it was. Um, so he's still their guy. Um, and I think they trust him to, you know, hold on the football and score touchdowns. I mean, he's done it his whole career. Um, so I'm going with a Niners money line, CMC touchdown. Somewhere along the way, one of these favorites is going to hurt me. So if you're listening, pick and choose which favorite you like the most, but those are, that's what I'm going with this day. All right, cool. Well, that's everything from us guys. Thanks for listening to the week 10 review, week 11 preview. Um, hopefully it's a better week. I'm going to get everything, uh, uploaded and sent out for you guys. Make sure you keep your eye out. Tomorrow we're doing a uh, World Cup preview, so we're going to run through all the groups and stuff like that, and you guys will be able to see where we stand on that. But uh, until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. See you later.